Hi, this is Mike Guido from Loverboy, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, everybody. This is Ann Wilson, and this is Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Todd Zuckerman from Styx. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Episode 489 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 489, we're going to talk to Lawrence Gowan of Styx. Uh, he was on not all that long ago to talk about their latest studio album, Crash of the Crown. Uh, the band will be rolling into Pittsburgh uh, to play the Starlight Amphitheater in Burgerstown on the 10th of September. On that bill, you get not only Sticks, Loverboy, who, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, I saw them earlier in 2022. Fantastic set they did in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. REO Speedwagon, which always packs them in anytime they come into town. And also on that bill, that night, special for Pittsburgh, Donnie Iris will be opening the show. So four bands, uh, well over four hours worth of music, so you want to check that out. We're going to play you a little bit of a, one of the latest singles off of Crash of the Crown. This is Sound the Alarm. We'll get into that interview with Lawrence Gowan. Sound the alarm Let the world around you know The time has come for us to go Is it too late to make amends? Sound the alarm Look at all that we've been through and all that Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome back to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Mr. Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. How you doing, Lawrence? John, it's nice to talk to you again. How you been? I'm doing fantastic. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. Um, you guys are rolling in. Thankfully, finally, we're back to the kind of normal concert tours. Yeah. Uh, that aren't getting canceled, postponed, or otherwise derailed. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> rolling in with Aria Speedwagon and Lover Boy, and is a special bonus that night. We get uh, Mr. Donnie Iris will be on the bill as well. Yeah, um, so doing a, a kind of a jumbo show. Um, I, I have to to start out. We spoke right after the the new album came out, uh, Crash of Crowns, and, and yeah. you said all the proper things people say about new albums uh, and. But you did something that that really impressed me in that even in a show like this where you're you know you're doing a slightly probably shorter set than normal because you've got so many bands on the bill, you guys have managed to take three songs from that album and inject it into your lineup, which I know is not an easy task no. with a band with a legacy of sticks. Um, how how much fun is that for you as a musician to kind of get out there and, and flex new music, you know, that muscle uh, every night? Does that kind of energize you guys? It really does because, you know, on the one hand, the, the mandate for us walking on stage, the responsibility is to uphold the legacy of the band. It sounds, these sound like very, very responsible. People are, you know, 
people that have come to see the band for maybe as much as <laughs> as much as to that uh, part of the band more than anything, and younger people that have, weren't even born on biggest records, they have embraced that sound, and therefore they they want that as well. Um, the lifeblood of a band, however, is is a, is a complex tree, and one part of it is, I believe, is playing live because firing and so energizing that it that it motivates you to want to move on to the future. The second part is to to still make records and make new records that are relevant. At least that you outline to yourself that they are relevant in the in the in the chain or in the lineage and. I, I can say that within the band, we fully feel that way about. Um, so, th- what you just proposed is yes, that's the big challenge. Stick set when yeah. I'll quote JY when there's such an embarrassment of riches problem to have. That's uh, no, no doubt. However, we found a very uh, on the mission tour. First of all, we didn't overwhelm the audience with here's. Our- be for people to get up and and uh, take take a take a refreshment break um, to kind of segue new bits in with classic pieces. So, for example, we start with there's a there's a but a minute and thirty second song opens the tour and segues seamlessly into Blue Collar Man, and it's the right chemistry of 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 energy to hit the stage with the fight of our lives and blue collar man there's a, there's almost like a, a thematic connection there first five songs uh you know we get past the grand illusion and lady and light up the audience knowing that oh okay we we're we're, we're already getting what we've come for of the latest album and when they hear how classic rock it sounds and how it pulls them straight into the, the idea that we go from that right into, I think it was Rock in the Paradise, back into that world without feeling the jarring effect of any great announcement of them. Instead, it, it kind of flows in fairly effortlessly, quite honestly. Right. And we overwhelmingly positive on this. So with all of that, um, we're able to do it here. Lawrence, I want to pause for a sec. Do you mind actually turning the video off if it'll, if you can? Uh, for some reason, when you're talking, I'm getting, and I'll be able to fix what I got, but it's like pausing and then I get what you said. So what you're saying makes sense. There's just these weird little buffering pauses. Um, is it doing it on your end when I talk? Did you want to go through that again? No, no, no. no. I think, I think it, we'll be okay. One second. When you guys do these these new songs, do you do you kind of draw attention to it or just kind of go through and, and like I love the fact that Lost at Sea goes right up against um Come Sail Away. I love that that little kind of theme there. Uh, or do you just kind of throw it in and let the audience maybe not even realize they're hearing something new? Uh, uh, both. Quite the nice little thing about Lost at Sea, it's only 40 seconds long. Sure. 39 seconds. Is it gives a moment on stage, uh, a, a brief moment to do this little, uh, that piece is a duet. And then that becomes Sail Away. And and again, thematically, they tie together. And they, um, you know, the, the, the guy whose basement the band started in, and, and you have the, the, the legacy of that in this little, you know, what is arguably man. When you're, when you're doing these, these kind of package tours and you've got to, 
I'm assuming you're you're doing a slightly shorter set just with logistics and changeover of sets and things like that. Um, does that add yep. kind of a, a ferocity to how you guys hit the stage? You know, you realize you've got, you know, I'm sure there's a big clock on the side of the stage telling you exactly when you've got to be done. Um, does it a does it kind of I want to say limit <laughs> what you get to, right? There's, it challenges us to squeeze in to an hour and twenty minutes. Or if we're in the middle slot, we usually take an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it challenges us to kind of squeeze in everything that's enjoyable or, or that's effective about a stick show into that, that bit of time. Uh, when you look at the overall evening of music, you know, there's over four hours of classic rock that people are getting from, you know, 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. And that's that's a lot. That is a lot of uh, a lot of music to go. So, yeah, we we take it as a that that's our, our challenge is to squeeze down all of the the um, the most entertaining, you know, factions of a, of a of an extended stick show and make it still work. So there are some tough cuts that have to be made, or there are a couple of little edits here and there yeah. that uh, that get us under the wire and, and don't have us roll over into somebody else's time. But it does the, the word ferocity is very good because it, it does kind of there's 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 some extra um, you know fire starter in the uh, yeah in that we've got roughly an hour and 20 minutes to, to kind of deliver something as high energy as, as we can possibly uh, conjure up. Yeah. And, and I had an opportunity to catch uh, uh, Mr. Reno and his band earlier this year and, and was just astounded by how well his voice is held up. And obviously Kevin is amazing. That's got to, I assume, kind of up your game quite honestly and, and I, I just heard an interview with kevin who you know was on with eddie trunk it, very complimentary things about you as a singer but i'm sure there's a little bit of you know you, you want to be on your game when you're you know going out there with those guys here's here's what's great about these tours uh you know because we've toured so successfully with reo in the past we know that that's part of uh you know as a, as a we're almost like a team in that we mm-hmm. want this to be the best time we've ever toured together we were thrilled to get Loverboy on board because that that you know, for lack of a better description, we'll say that third act sets the table so so much as to what's going to happen for the rest of the night. And Loverboy, they slay it every night. And you're right, Mike's voice, the whole band, but it's just right on the money. And because they only get forty minutes, man, they, that is intense. And the audience yeah. is really, you can tell the boy, I hope Ario and Sticks can live up to that. And that is the best way for the audience. That's the best mood you can possibly have the audience in by the time we come on stage. Um, as far as, you know, I, I was talking to Kevin just a few days ago about listening to him do his warm up and, and realizing, yeah, he is hitting every note possibly even better than he ever has on any tour that we've done with them. And yes, that absolutely um, makes us go back in the dressing room and go, okay, they're having a good one tonight. And that that raises the yeah. uh, the expectations that we have of what of what Sticks is going to put on the stage. So uh, it's it's the friendliest of competitions because it really it benefits us all if the if the audience is thoroughly entertained and want to come back again. So we really want to see all three bands do their their optimal uh, performance. Does does adding another guitarist to the band? Um, you know, I know you guys uh, had added you know. But we through the course of the album and with your live tour now have another guitarist. Does that impact um, one uh, maybe the parts you sing or you know the building of the harmonies and also as a as a keyboardist, does it factor into your playing at all that you may have to back off a little because of the sound 
potentially getting too cluttered by having a, you know, that extra guitar? Yeah. Great question. That's a great question. Uh, the overall, the overall answer to that is no, in that so many of the six songs, if you go back and listen to them all, quite often, there are two electric guitars and an acoustic guitar playing. Mm-hmm. So that, those parts are now represented. Now, particularly if you listen to the mission and crash of the crown, there are often three guitar parts. And yes, that's, that's always, that always is a challenge for a keyboard player to find, okay, where do I slot into this? How do I make this sound bigger and more majestic without, without basically stomping all over <laughs> everything else yeah. that's there. And as you know, keyboards have the uh, capacity to, to kind of blanket, um, you know, the, the, the best musical bits if they're not handled just properly. So I try to keep my parts as kind of linear as possible. I think those are the most effective ones from, from the past with sticks, quite honestly. Um, I stay mostly with um, the standard piano and B3 organ sounds because those immediately elicit the, the classic rock era. Right. But the, those synth lines, I, I, I try to keep them as, as linear as I described as possible. So they really are the color shift away from the guitars. Now, as far as vocals go, nothing changed in with myself and with Tommy's vocals, but the thickening up factor, which is such a critical part of, of a Styx uh, vocal sound, Mm-hmm. That that parts do do have shifted around between Will and JY and Ricky, um, not to not to a great extent, but enough that you go, oh, this is this is better, you know, this is yeah. this has actually got that extra little element that's on records, but we can't get in there live. So it actually means that to a man, everyone actually plays a little bit less, but the sum of what comes out is that much stronger because of that. Yeah, I, I often think, you know, when I we mentioned the last time we spoke about will coming on. I'm like, okay, that kind of adds, you know, obviously a, a kind of a, a nice dimension vocally, but it, it does add some, at least something to give some thought to musically. Cause you know, even I'm sure in Todd's playing, you know, Todd could probably overwhelm all of you with, you know, his, you know, his approach to the drums, Yes, you know, so you kind of have to temper that as a musician, you know, is, is the bigger the band gets, you know, I think, you know, like the Almond yes, brothers, that- you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You have to, it, it, it's, it's weird because you, you begin to, it's, it's a, it's a, it's almost like an orchestra, you know, you can actually play a little bit less and have a greater, a greater effect, a greater, a much larger sound that's, and, and keeping it uncluttered is basically, that was the learning curve we went through on making, on making the mission to crash the crown. And with Will being the producer of those two records and co-writer, he learned to, you know, we, we use the word carve a lot, you know, where you're carving the part together as mm-hmm. a, as a, as a, uh, as a combo, as a combo. And that's going to, that's going to lead to the best result. So with Todd, yeah, if you listen to what he plays on drums uh, on the last two records, that, that has very much had an effect upon how he approaches all kinds of things. And he's great at finding, you know, he finds his little moment. He finds that little, as we all do, but he finds that little moment where he can really shine and, and poke out and, and do something that's, that only he can do. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, that's um that that's part of the uh, that's right into the fabric of the entertainment of it. Yeah, yeah, you guys have of such a, a nice palette to paint with, you know, to, metaphorically speaking, uh, of of musicians and vocals and, and you know the the you know you go up and down the lineup and you, and you guys don't have a weak link, you know, uh, Ricky and Todd and you know Chuck, um, you know when he when he's on there with you guys, you you're just uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and, it's great when all, when all seven are on stage at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's really you know it's a, it's a sight to see because you get almost like a, a kind of think of like a train on the tracks. You know, you, it, imagine it it has a life of itself with that kind of energy, with that many musicians all kind of moving in the same direction. Um, 
but you know, it, I'm sure you've right. been in situations where that can easily disrail, derail if somebody's, you know, trying to maybe not roll with it with the, the same motion everybody else is. Um, you guys are coming in on the tenth. Uh, ought to be a fantastic set, as I mentioned. You've got Lover Boy Aris, Speedwagon, um, and then do you guys have plans beyond this tour? I mean, is it is it too soon to start thinking about? Uh, probably way too soon to start thinking about a new album in this musical industry anymore but um where where do sticks go from well, here well first of all yeah let's let's dissect that uh, a few few things you brought up there yeah first of all coming back to play the Pittsburgh area and with Burgstown uh, on this uh on this run is uh, it's a pivotal thing you know and I'm so, we're so glad that Live Nation extended the tour in order to accommodate that um because that's it's a, it's such a, an importance. We love coming back there because the audience is just so <laughs> they're so vehement and so they throw themselves into it with such abandon. Anyway, um, so we have that coming up. Then after that, in October of this year, I'm thrilled to announce that Sticks are coming back to Canada and actually playing more than just my hometown, Toronto. On this time, we're we're playing uh, across Western Canada. Uh, Nancy Wilson's uh, group, uh, her uh, heart, Nancy Wilson's heart, it's called, mm-hmm. uh, is touring with us on that. She heart is a very beloved band in Canada. Uh, I'm getting to go back to some cities that I haven't been to, and it's uh, I, I'm amazed to say this, but like 24, 25 years, Victoria, BC. Uh, a number of them, Lethbridge, Alberta, the, the places that um, that I would tour, you know, at, at least once a year, you know, when the, right. prior to me joining Sticks, um, you know, I, to finally bring Sticks there is just is, is going to be a thrill. Now, we we know because of the success of Crash of the Crown with, you know, just the moment that it reached that number one on Billboard's rock album chart, we knew, oh, this means Universal is going to give us another shot. And um, so we know that that is looming somewhere down the road. But to be very honest, John, we try not to think more than say six months in advance because to do that is, you know, circumstances are going to change. And we, yeah. we, we really, I think part of the longevity of sticks is they've made the right decision based upon the situation at hand and not making lofty kind of uh, long range projections. And, you know, bands that do that tend to get caught up in the, uh, they, they get caught off guard, you know? So for yeah. example, we were able to quickly pivot in the COVID year because, uh, Band is always ready to kind of take that next step, the most immediate step to uh, to further further the future of of our uh, of our association. Yeah, and that, that's a good way to look at it. You know, when you have that, you know, look at successful businesses, and and in, in essence, this is a business. Um, you know, is that ability to kind of adapt and meet you know the needs of the fans. So it's it's a not a bad idea. Plus, I'm sure it probably helps. You know, you, you see bands that'll have three years mapped out. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to cut an album. They've got, you know, the weeks, you know, already penciled in. And, and I'm sure it's not always easy to schedule yeah. creativity. So yep. uh, I, I don't I don't blame you guys at all. It's, it seems like a smart move. So, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, you're absolutely right. The uh, the the, uh, the short the short term goals tend to tend to you know pay off and, and we seem to get them right. Oh, sorry. And, uh, you know, anything beyond that, we know that it's just conjecture. Yeah. Yeah. And it probably adds a bit of, of stress sometimes looking at it, you know, having your whole life mapped out for you like that. It's, it's, it's probably nice to be able to kind of deal with things as people, you know, cause you all have lives outside of, you know, the 90 minutes you're on stage or two hours or whatever. Um, you know, so it's good to have that, uh, flexibility. I, I want to thank you so much, Lawrence. Um, I know it's you've got a busy schedule to keep and many interviews to get to. So I want to thank you so much. Again, we'll be seeing you on the 10th of September. 
uh, I'm sure it will be a packed house with a bill like that. Um, so I wish you safe travel, stay healthy, and we will see you in just over a month. John, we're so looking forward to it. It's great to speak with you again. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to have a great time along with everyone else when, uh, when sticks get back there in just a few weeks. All right. Again, a very special thank you to Lawrence Gowan of Sticks. The album Crash of the Crown is available now. They'll be rolling into Pittsburgh as well as many other cities still on the tour with REO Speedwagon, Loverboy, Sticks, and as I mentioned in Pittsburgh, a one-off thing, uh, Donnie Iris will be opening the show. So very Pittsburgh-themed uh, party out at Starlight Amphitheater on the 10th of September. I want to invite you to check out our website, ironcityrocks.com. You can reach us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Also check out our social media, our all forward slash Iron City Rocks. We've got a lot of great ticket giveaways. So I've got some seats to give away for the last couple uh, shows out of Starlight, the last couple rock shows. So uh, be sure to check that out and enter to win. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you like about the show. Until next time, thank you for listening. (laughs) 